0: Hey everybody, welcome back to During Business Hours. My name's Christopher. I'm here with Jesse Cruz, owner-operator of VCC Board Repair. Board Repairs. All right, Board Repairs. How you doing <laughs> today, Jesse?
1: Doing good, and yourself?
0: Pretty good. Let's get her started. How you been?
1: Good, and yourself?
0: Busy, busy, trying to move states, as you know. Is,
1: oh, I, I saw your post, yeah. yeah
0: not fun. It's, <laughs> the moving process is tedious and annoying, but, you know. So you're still in California right now? unfortunately northern california yeah well i heard it's
1: not as bad as as socal
0: (laughs) uh it's there man it's definitely there Um, yeah i am surprised that people are like you know it can't be that bad and i'm like well you've never seen a war zone (laughs) you know (laughs) we have two homeless people at our place of business that come and shit next to the front door every day no (laughs) yeah I'm, wow. not even, I'm in the process of making a, a video of how many times we have contacted the police and said, Hey, these people need to be relocated. And they're yeah. like, it's a civil matter. You can take them to court.
1: Like that's going to work.
0: Sue a homeless person for what the pants they're wearing to wipe their yeah. ass. I don't, it's horrible. Um, it's just now my kids and my family can't be around, which is nuts. It just makes yeah. it. Hard. Yeah, I don't, I don't. know how.
1: How I, like how I got that bad. Like, I grew up in LA, and I mean, there was always homeless people, but like the past few years, it's just like home, homeless camps like on every you know freeway on ramp.
0: It's crazy, so, man. <laughs> so you're originally from LA, right? Yeah. Like you born and bred, or are you from anywhere else? Did you move to LA?
1: Uh, no, I, I was born in like downtown LA or not downtown uh, a little off to the east but yeah Los Angeles city I was born and then I uh, basically lived in Montebello which is a, a city a little further east from LA so maybe like 20 minute drive to downtown LA uh, but yeah
0: I was very uh familiar when I was a kid with Mesa Verde and the kaleidoscope um I don't know <laughs> it's it's near San Diego a buddy of mine okay. lived there so I would travel and drive down or fly down a couple of times to drive down mostly because we couldn't afford tickets and, uh, hang out there. It was a lovely place. It was like the rich suburban area of LA uh-huh. and, uh, yeah. you had all the hipster, you know, kids come from money. It was an interesting time. Um, <laughs> cause I come from here in Rio Linda, you know, red, redneckville. Yeah. And <laughs> it was nothing special, but the, uh, the stark difference now of like flying to Disney, you almost have to have armored cars to get through anywhere <laughs> because there's so many yeah. community. I want to say communities of beggars. Like everyone yeah. feels sorry for, for their unfortunate events that have led them to whatever they're doing now. But there's some people that are straight regular people that just dress up, bring their kids out and then ask for money because it pays well and it's tax free.
1: Right yeah
0: and, and you have to, hold that with a grain of salt it's real hard yeah yeah when when you uh, lived here so skid row was still a thing when did you move 2020 2019 yeah late 2020
1: yeah so it wasn't as late. been after the uh, pandemic. no yeah it was, it was pretty bad i mean i would say like starting like 2019 is when it really started to ramp up like driving through downtown la there's like a few spots where you like go under a few bridges and like Um, I think we even saw, we found some old pictures where like in the past, the bridge was clear. And then like the, before we moved, you could see like all the tents and stuff, like on the edge of the bridge, like from the top view, you could see it. (laughs) It's just like, man, how
0: it's the same here. And it's almost like Facebook. Every time I post the tent cities, Facebook and Instagram will delete the post immediately. (laughs) It's it's almost yeah. like they they don't want to show how bad things have gotten because it's too too much realism to the yeah. online and social lives. Similar to this kind of interview that I'm doing, I, I thought it was a decent idea to ask people like, "Hey, where are you from?" Because everyone knows the the front side of your social media profile. Yeah, you know. And through this, I've found out people are not doing as well as they tend to perceive online. <laughs> um, you know, it's you got some big ballers out there that are living in like trailers and stuff. And I feel oh, bad for them <laughs> you know, they're really struggling, but they're like, no, this is, you got to put it out there, fake it till you make it. I'm like, that's a hustler. Yeah. For mine, mine for sure. Um, yeah. I just didn't realize it was that easy, you know? <laughs> yeah,
1: so, I mean, sometimes you can kind of tell, like, they might be exaggerating their, their lifestyle. But <laughs>
0: it's a lot of the phone flippers too, you know, cause yeah. those, those were the first people who reached out to me and were like, Hey, can I kind of jump on? Like, yeah, we'll sit for 30 minutes, find out your story. Where's your family from originally? So
1: my mom's from Guatemala and my dad's from Mexico. Uh, They basically immigrated here in their teens, early 20s, kind of mid kind of. I think my mom came like at 15 ish, my dad like at 18 ish. Uh, And yeah, they just they worked. And then they had me and my brother. And yeah, we grew up in L.A. and here I am.
0: <laughs> so did you get that business owner mindset? Is that from your family? Do they own businesses yeah. or are they just hardworking um, people and you kind of picked up on what they were doing?
1: Yeah. So my dad has been working his, his whole life, basically. He's be, he basically been working at the same job since before I was born. Basically, when my parents met, he was at that job and he's still there now. Um, so, So I guess the work ethic, work ethic I got from my dad you know he for like not until maybe 10 years ago did he work seven days a week at that job you know the nice thing about that job is like he's real close with the owners and stuff so he can do as much overtime as he wants you know so he makes more money um so that's kind of like the thing I mean his weight his salary like his hourly rate is so low but he just pumps in that overtime so you know it's good money for him uh, you know, he's a manager there, so it, it's not like hard work, but but still like that, you know, he was working seven days a week, you know, 10, 12 hours a day. And you know, I, I probably got that from him. My mom was a stay-at-home mom, so she was there raising us. Um, but yeah, they don't they don't own businesses. No, no one in my immediate family owns businesses or anything. I think that's just something that like I kind of absorbed or learned just from online. Um just from like listening to different podcasts and YouTube videos and stuff. I got really excited learning about like people starting businesses. And
0: what were you doing um, before you started this business? What were you working on? Like a nine to five um, or?
1: Yeah. So I guess I've always been into like technology. Like in high school, I was doing a lot of uh, like gaming, you know, Counter-Strike back Uh. in the day. So you had a, (laughs) you know, the better computer you had, the more advantage you had, you know, no lag and stuff like that. So I've always like, um, you know, like when we got a computer, I always wanted to upgrade the video cards. And I figured like maybe it's good, good money and like fixing computers. Yeah. You no. Know, so I was kind of into that. And I always figure like, you know, once I get out of high school, I could get a job fixing computers, but I never really found that. <laughs> um, so, so I guess, you know, first few jobs were just kind of like dead-end jobs like minimum wage kind of stuff i my first job was actually with my dad you know it it's, it's a warehouse where they make uh textile like fabric so i was uh loading up the the semi trucks with the giant rolls of fabric like all day long <laughs> and it was like 6 25 an hour but you know we, he we would get a lot of overtime but even then it was like nothing at, at,
0: um, at that point it's minimum wage now yeah
1: yeah. And now, you know, back then I was 625 an hour. So my paychecks were like 200 bucks a week. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, it was my first job and they kind of just forced me like, Hey, you need to get a job. So I was like, all right. But after that I worked a few, you know, crappy jobs. And then um I was like, you know, the whole computer thing seems interesting. I got to figure out how to get into that because I could probably get paid more. And um, so, you know, as during, during my childhood, you know, watching TV, there's those ITT Tech commercials and Devry like technical schools. Oh yeah. So I'm like, well, maybe ITT Tech. So I went, I went to Devry and ITT Tech for the interviews to go like sign up, and I ended up going with ITT Tech. So I went to school for that, but and they kind of pitched it to me like, yeah, you'll learn how to fix computers and stuff, but <laughs> they did not really cover that specifically. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> But I think it like technical, like engineering, kind of electrical, uh, basic
0: peace of mind of the, the gen ed mixed with or sprinkled with. Yeah. Comp Tia knowledge.
1: Yeah. just like electronics, you know, volts, amps, you know, stuff like that. Um, so from there, I ended up getting a job at a GPS manufacturer. So they make different GPS based products, like USB GPS, GPS trackers. I was there for like eight years, just, um, I was mostly tech support and just like, you know, testing, troubleshooting their devices and stuff. Um, but it was kind of like a dead end job. You know, I was there for eight years and I was like real comfortable. You know, I was real cool with everyone, with the owners and the bosses. So they would let me get away with stuff. You know, I'd come in late and they wouldn't really say anything. So Did you
0: experiment at all with, uh, when was the first time you fixed a phone?
1: Yeah. So during that job, you know, that's when I kind of started like noticing, like, yeah, I'm way too comfortable here and I'm I'm not going to make real money here. So I started, um, I first started off flipping. So I got into buying and reselling stuff like from yard sales, Goodwill, you know, um, you know, offer up and selling on eBay and Amazon, um, like reselling it. And then in that process, I came across people posting about reselling phones. I'm like, all right, one. Well, I know phones. Like, I was like really into just learning about Android phones and stuff. Mm-hmm. So I was real familiar with the, like the software side of things, but not the parts, you know, replacing them. But custom
0: OSs, like, like Nova Launcher, all that. Yeah, stuff Yeah, I was, back I was in the doing day. a
1: lot of uh, rooting and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, like back in the day, like so. So yeah, I was like, well, you know, I'm already I already know how to flip stuff. So my, why not do some phones? So I started buying iPhones, uh, and, and just selling them online for like as is, but then I figured I could fix it and then sell it for even more. So I started fixing, um, the phones and, and reselling them. And in that process, like the whole time I was doing flipping, I, I started documenting all that, like on Instagram, on Facebook. Yeah. So I was posting like, Oh, look, I bought like one time I bought a Nintendo, like three Nintendo 64s with like 20 games and like eight controllers like this whole bundle for like 200 bucks and i was like bragging basically bragging about it on instagram like check out the lot i got and then i created bundles for each one and like sold them for like two three hundred dollars each
0: that's a proud man
1: yeah yeah so i was doing all this and then i started posting the phone repair stuff uh and then like from there people started messaging me like hey i see your you can fix phones like how much to fix mine so it was a lot of friends and family kind of stuff And then, like, in that process, I was like, man, it's so much easier for people to come to me to fix their phones than me spend all day driving around trying to find, you know, good deals from, like, Goodwill or, like, meeting up some random person from OfferUp. Just being Um, declared a
0: flipper, yeah. You strike me as the type in in the groups (laughs) from where we know each other as legitimately proud of what you do compared to... (laughs) There are so many people that post their flips, that post their, what they fix, and they're like mm-hmm. advertising to drum business. Yeah. You've been doing this a while. Yeah. And you document <laughs> everything because you are legitimately a happier person by doing so.
1: Yeah, I guess that's true. Yeah, I was just kind of, it's in a way showing off, but not, I'm not trying to sell you anything. I'm just like, check out what's possible. You, you're often. happy,
0: you're excited. You want to tear it down and examine it for everyone to have more eyes on it, not for yourself, but that's the idea that I get when looking at your content, the difference yeah. between say yours or Dustin's Dustin is doing it. He's busy. wants to document it. There's times where he gets, oh, okay, the content is secondary, but I see you every day in the feed, just throwing out, you're like the <laughs> technological T Martin. And I know, you know, <laughs> um, <laughs> back in the Counter Strike 1.5 days, uh, you know, Syndicate, T. Martin, the YouTubers?
1: No, I never saw those. Oh, you
0: played Counter-Strike? You don't know who those <laughs> yeah. are? Um, big...
1: 1.5, 1.6. Yeah, God, that was, mo- I was, I was... I was deep in there, but I never... I don't think I ever watched any videos on it. Just I, I was
0: the breath. king of FY Ice world. Um, <laughs> yeah, headshots yeah. through the walls all day. Uh, <laughs> but no, you, you have a, a genuine happiness compared to most of these flippers. So it, it's impressive, because yeah. most of these guys will do it for three months... They'll make it seem like it's some business core value of theirs to make sure that people are taught or listen. And then their courses die off or their their teachings or their reels or they're not posting as much. And then sooner or later, they start another job or they got a (laughs) state, you know, or they're a real estate broker now. Oh, yeah. It's a big (laughs) thing right now. People are coming out of the woodworks. Everyone's a real estate broker. I don't know why but um what motivates you to do this i don't know
1: i, I it's it's kind of cool just uh i think also like some of it is just like hey check this out this is cool this uh this is possible i think a lot of things people don't know what i do is possible so a lot of it is is that um and i just i don't know i just find it fun and like being transparent with you know some of what i do here it's yeah.
0: Kind of what drives me. <laughs> Did you find a, a benefit moving to Vegas? Oh yeah, money wise. Yeah. Was it business wise? What was the the main? So, um,
1: the main the main reason was we wanted a house, and a house in LA we would never be able to afford at that time. Like, just very expensive for like a low quality house. You know, like six hundred thousand would would be the base price for. A, you know, three bedroom, two bath kind of typical Stimble, house yeah. um, in a, whatever neighborhood, you know, maybe not the safest. And if you want to get a really, you know, decent house in a nice neighborhood, it would have like seven, 800,000 and just like, no way we can do that. Um, plus at that time, you know, the whole COVID lockdown started happening. So that really pushed us um, state income tax. There's no state income tax here in Vegas or in, in Nevada. Um, sales tax is a little lower. It's like one or 2% lower. I mean, that wasn't a big deal cause it's not that much. Um, gas prices were lower here. There's just like so many things. Um, we just figured, you know, we got to get out of LA, you know, the homeless people were getting <laughs> you know, what we talked about. That's, my wife um,
0: was the same way I was trying to convince her for years to leave as soon as we got married. Um, and all of a sudden COVID happens and we travel out of the state a bunch of times. And I was like, well, listen, we're spending 40 cents on the dollar right now on average 40 cents on the dollar just to taxes. Yeah. We're probably taking home 20 after kids cost everything. We got 20 to, to do what we want with. Let's take that and then earn that 40 back by moving out of state. Yeah. It
1: was like instant raise basically.
0: Horrible. (laughs) Uh, I don't know why there's not a universal state tax. And that would make it so much easier. Everyone gets the same. Delegate it to yourselves. You know, no state tax. I understand they got gambling over there. I'd probably yeah. spend a lot of money gambling. I'm horrible <laughs> with it. I need to stay yeah. Um So when you moved, you were uh, you had a whole new house built, right? It was a new yeah. project?
1: Yeah. So uh, it was a new construction, which takes about six months. So we had to get into contract um six months before we actually moved so and it was all like like everything kind of timing just worked out perfect because at the time my current job um I was already working from home in LA um and then the COVID thing happened so they like literally shut down the office and everyone worked from home um like when we actually went into contract I it wasn't officially approved for me to work out of state but we just like you know I was, I was pretty, it was a new job from the one I previously mentioned. Mm -hmm. So they were like, um, but I was already like really good there. Like everyone, my, the owners and bosses loved me and I figured like, they're not going to let me go if I convince them to let me work from home full time out of state. So we did it anyway. We signed the contract and then I hadn't let my boss know, Hey, you know, this is what we want to do. And they're like, yeah, I mean, it should be doable, but we'll see. Let's, let's talk when we get closer. And then COVID, like officially, you know, lockdown happened, and then it was pretty much it. They had no no choice but to
0: just say yes. Because you had all that time from there to start your business. What made you take the final leap to quit that job? Was you were already working from home, doing both, right? Yeah, I was.
1: I was doing full-time job, like nine to five type job. Uh, Since 2016 is really when I officially launched the repair shop um yeah full-time job up until like may 2021 it's when i finally quit repairs full-time so this whole time before that i was doing uh basically day job and then i get home around five or six ish and then i would do repairs all night until 2 (laughs) a.m and just kind of been doing that and then finally you know 2021 i was already you know here in vegas i had my own house you know i had plenty of repairs Um i actually wanted to quit before but in order to get approved for a mortgage it's a lot harder when you have your own business versus yeah. you know a day job so we kind of just you know push um, through yeah just push through and once I moved, I was like, "All right, you know, we should. I should quit." But then it's like, "Well, we have a mortgage now, so it's a lot more risky." Let's just stay on the job, just to see how you know the new location works out. And but yeah, like, I just I was just so busy. There's a lot just, of people
0: in these groups that work a nine to five and try and flip or repair on the side. Yeah, um, I think Kevin Kevin Hutchinson was one who was doing it and reached out to the group. Everyone gave him overwhelming support to quit his job now he's been doing it for i think a year he was celebrating yesterday on facebook yeah. and um congrats to him brick and mortar store killing it what would you tell somebody being in their same shoes who's debating or sitting there with their wife their girlfriend going yeah i, d- I don't know what should i do what would you tell them
1: yeah i mean i think First, you got to be realistic on the business. Is it really bringing in that much money where, um, you know, let's say you quit your job, are you going to be able to sustain yourself? Uh, definitely also have some savings in case the first few months are rough, you know, you still have some money as backup. But I mean, if you're, if you're so busy that it's affecting, you know, either your day job being affected or your business being affected, I would say, you know, quit the job. Cause you know, working hourly. <laughs> you can work so hard in one hour and still make, you know, fifteen dollars or twenty dollars, whatever you're making, you know. Mm-hmm. Even if you're making thirty dollars, what like doing phone repair, one screen repair you can make like sixty dollars in twenty minutes, you know, <laughs> profit. Exactly. So yeah, I mean that that's kind of what drew me to screen like phone repairs uh in the beginning, just like I'm making what, fifteen at my job, or I could fix the screen and make 60 or you know 40 to 60 or whatever at the time profit. It was like, if I could just get, you know, eight repairs in a day, times that, you know, that's already, you know, eight hours at the job for $15 an hour or eight repairs at $40 each, I'm already <laughs> way ahead. So
0: and when I started, yeah. it was very similar because the 4S I could get a screen for I think it was twenty six dollars at the time, mm-hmm. and yeah. the repair was a hundred, right? And so, and I've used this in hiring people because there's a, a way where it's you want to get it done a lot faster to maximize the profit, and so right. I would get it down to twenty five twenty minutes sometimes, yeah. And those were full body teardowns,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, I was I done <laughs> doing it at a
0: flea market with people standing all around like a crowd. And so it became this almost magician circle where people were like, how do you do that? How do you do that? And you're answering questions while doing it. So it was a lot more stressful. And we used to have the store where people could just view you work in front of the customers. And um, it got a little too crazy for the employees. But nowadays, if an employee doesn't have that same drive to get it done faster, you know, they're not going to be around for a long time because they don't have the drive to make more, in the idea for time, you know, because they're yeah. making more for the store, they'll make more for themselves, so on and so forth. Right. Um, but most store business owners that have employees tend to spawn uh, that drive in, in those people, give them that hustle. Um, yeah. It's, it's astonishing that you did it through COVID, because a lot of people pulled back and then saved <laughs> from their safety nets, or tried to get the grants and say hey well I need the money um,
1: yeah PPP loans
0: yeah the the loans (laughs) and they kind of sat there um we didn't take any loans until 2021 we got the PPP for like 15 grand but there were some people getting half a million dollars yeah (laughs) I'm assuming you didn't get any because you didn't have any employees or a physical location but no no I mean I'm
1: technically my own employee I'm uh, I'm on the payroll but. Uh, yeah I had a lot of people like yeah bro just take the loan I'm like I don't need it
0: it was a <laughs> like, hassle I, I don't, I to don't get wanna. it forgiven for sure yeah uh, the the after effects from starting did you have any struggles in 2021 um, behind the scenes trying to figure things out what, what did you
1: uh, I mean honestly my, it might sound crazy but my only struggle is just keeping up because mm-hmm. <laughs> like you know, being that I'm so, like, transparent on social media, like, of everything I do, people just see me as, like, an expert. I'm not the best. Like, I, I'll admit that I'm not the best at a lot of a lot of different types of repairs. But what I do know how to do, you know, I, I do my best and I post it publicly. So, you know, I think I'm always top of mind to people who need this uh, this work. So I get flooded with repairs, like, so many. Like, right now... Like my whole workbench is full, I have a tray full of devices, I have another tray full of, of like, I would say 50 plus phones in line to be repaired. See. With the incoming, every day, you know, three or five packages with, you know, three or five phones each, it's just
0: like. There was nonstop, a time so. that I wanted strictly <laughs> to do what you're doing now with mail-ins, uh-huh. 20, 2018-ish. I was like, you know, I'm gonna set up micro soldering I take these courses. It was something I really wanted to do Mm -hmm. until I had kids, man. And then time is what I want. So I I, I haven't, I think the iPhone 11 was the last intimate phone. The iPhone 11 was the last intimate phone that I know fairly well to replace everything Mm -hmm. I need. Right. Anything else? I just haven't really cared to learn and I've been dealing with, you know, other things, but my goal has become free time prosperity elsewhere, being a a business owner. That's not the operator. Right. uh, right, Benjamin talks about that all the time. Yeah. Um, His SOPs are hilarious on social media, you know, too complex. Yeah. Um, (laughs) The,
1: yeah. I mean, I, I am, I'm totally on board with, Know, his mindset and all that about that now, eventually that's something i want to do as well be like let more um uh, more free time you know less hands-on and how the biz- business run itself but you know i'm still trying to figure out how how i can do that in my situation being that it's kind of like a unique or not uh not a common setup because i'm basically the business so yeah. i gotta figure out how to shift that to, to employees to run it, and then I'll just be the one bringing in the business. So I'm hoping I can do that with the whole YouTube thing. You know, um, I'm getting a lot of requests through YouTube. Eventually, um, you know, I'm sure I could hire some some techs, I could teach them to do the work, and then I'll focus in on bringing in the business.
0: Well, I know Rossman, uh, he's kind of kicked back from doing the repairs too, yeah. right? Yeah. So m- maybe one day you'll be the, cause now there's an empty space there. Maybe you'll be the Rossman showing people everything. And then, yeah. uh, you know, it's, I think it's gradual. Everyone wants to expand and do something different over the, the course of their life because yeah. right now, perfect world, what's your end goal? What, what's your retirement look like?
1: Um, you know, like what do I, how do I see my retirement look? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> I, I do live a lot in the now or like the short term. Mm-hmm. Um, not that I don't have like long-term plans, but, you know, eventually I do want to have like that free time, have like that passive income coming in so I can then do whatever I want, you know, whether it's travel or cruises or, you know, <laughs> just hang out and
0: all, all the, do, the do fun, fun stuff. Yeah.
1: <laughs> you know, like I, I wouldn't mind doing like YouTube full time, you know, just doing like, I'm doing a lot of uh, reviews recently. I have a lot of companies messaging me, emailing me like, Hey, review our product. And you know, I wouldn't mind doing stuff like that to generate like that passive income, you know, spend a few hours recording a video. Once you post it, it's just nonstop, you know, revenue. So
0: then you can build a brand on that and be in the yeah. guy that trusts the products. Cause there's a lot of companies out there that get paid tens of thousands of dollars to say this Weehaw (laughs) screwdriver that falls apart is the best. They make 10x whatever they're paying people. Yeah, It's a big business. I know I saw somebody was saying they had done a a screwdriver review for, I I think it was Weehaw, (laughs) and the, the entire motor mechanism fell out. And they got their youtube struck for the content this is what was it
1: you mean they got a they got a strike against their account
0: yeah because they played uh part of the advertising for the video i don't know if it was we i have to look into it um but yeah so basically the company got so mad at the review because they played a piece of their content that they sent them for the review that they struck them they're like oh i guess i'll keep the money but having a strike on the channel is never fun no. Yeah, that, uh... I've
1: seen people, uh, there's like somewhere in, in the YouTube studio settings where you can see if someone has used your content in their video. Like mm-hmm. it, I guess it can detect, you know, the 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 video file is playing somewhere else. So crazy. I've I've I came across that and I saw that there's like a bunch of random channels reposting my videos as theirs. What? Yeah. So all of them I marked them as, you know, to shut shut down the video. But they, they literally don't mention like, oh, this is, you know, VCC border pairs, check them out. It's more like there's some random micro soldering channel and they just have a bunch of copied content. Like I browse their channel and they just have a bunch of other channels' content posted as their... Well, I mean, they're not claiming it's theirs. They just post it on their channel.
0: Wouldn't it be smart to copyright that and then you would earn the revenue from it?
1: Um, I don't think those channels are monetized. They didn't have that option. Yeah. So... But yeah I don't, I don't know what the the goal of that channel is is just to i guess become monetized but i don't know if they they even can because i think youtube automatically detects if it's original content or not yeah. and they just won't count that towards your um you know your your points so to speak to to earn uh, to earn money on there but i don't know <laughs> it's just weird because um <laughs> i was like wait that's my <laughs> that's my video <laughs>
0: Would you say that your your entire, from nine to five to owning your own business, moving out of state, would you say it was a typical journey for uh, an American? Or would you say that you've um, had, let me ask this question, would you say that you've had a lucky or a more motivated, right. hardworking journey?
1: Um, I think there's some parts of it that was just luck, mm-hmm. but it's not, it was just coincidence. And, you know, I think I do believe that you do get lucky if you uh, are presented opportunities and you take them, you know, sometimes there's opportunities everywhere and a lot of people just don't take them. So if you never try any of them, you're never going to get those lucky breaks, you know? So I think it's, it's a mixture. You know, I did work a lot. I, um, you know, when I got married back in 2016, that really changed a lot of my behavior you know i I went from you know going to bars and clubs nonstop every weekend to you know staying home and you know really having that drive to build something for for the family you know so i went from you know partying to working from you know 6 p.m to 2 a.m to earn more money because you know eventually you know you got to buy a house and you know build a, a future and you can't do that if you're spending all your money on partying. So I did, you know, work a lot of hours. Um I was focused. I was like, I had this drive to to make it work. And you know, I, I did try a lot of things before to make money. You know, in like high school I was selling burn CDs, mm-hmm. you know, for <laughs> for people because I had Napster and a uh, CD burner. And so you know, you I always knew, had knew like how to sell. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. So I, I always, you know, I was flipping random stuff from Goodwill. Um, but I think once I found the phone repair stuff I was like, okay, this, this is just clicked. Yeah. This one's really working. So once I saw like I felt that and I, and I enjoyed it. That's kind of where I just went hundred percent. And I think anyone who, who wants to do this, they can do it. They just got to sacrifice, you know, I sacrificed, you know, many nights <laughs> sleep to to get to
0: where I am. That's good, though. So. Yeah, I, I drill legacy to everyone I talk to about. So I do consulting on the side, mm-hmm. and uh, you have to have something you're building for, whether yeah. it's to sell, to to give, to breed more, to franchise. Which everyone always says franchise. <laughs>
1: yeah.
0: Do something. There has to be a legacy to what you're doing whether it's for yourself or others. And when you get married, your life changes. When you have kids, your yeah. life changes. Yeah. <laughs> Any uh plan of kids in the have future? Dogs. <laughs> yeah.
1: Um we're still kind of on the fence, you know. We still have some years to to Dog make life that decision. Right um you know right now we are like we're still like in the, you know, work as much as we can now, build up some you know, build something first so so we can then kind of more cool down a little bit later um especially now you know when you're young you have more energy so you're able to do more and but you we're also kind of like do you want to work hard until you're old and then have fun or do you want to kind of enjoy some of that now as well and then
0: (laughs) how old are you right now
1: 36. 36? that's young I, I still feel young, yeah. Okay, yeah. I'm, I'm turning
0: 32 <laughs> this month, and I feel old. You know? I
1: mean, I'm, I physically, I feel old sometimes, you know.
0: <laughs> I've got horrible but. genes. You all, everyone I speak to looks so young. <laughs> and I'm like, this has got to be Northern California air. That's, that's what
1: Maybe. it is. <laughs> I that. mean, I was in SoCal with all the smog. So. I know. Who knows? Yeah, we get Maybe the fires the, up here. All the flux fumes, you know. Oh, yeah. Yes. That's what it is.
0: Luckily, I'm taking a break. I hand that off to everyone else now, unless they uh, <laughs> unless they need to solder on a cable yeah. for an iWatch and they don't have the precision. So it's right. like I'll do the real small stuff for you. <laughs> After I move, it's going to be an interesting one.
1: Yeah. So when, when do you plan on moving? What's the, when is that?
0: It's supposed to be November first. Hard date is November eighth, but uh, uh-huh. the moving company starts taking everything November first. My uh, mm-hmm. my wife posted a funny little U-Haul. Uh, to just get the in-laws all mad, like, oh, they're moving early. <laughs> <laughs> it was the neighbors who were moving to Wyoming next door. Um, and, you know, lawmakers keep saying, no, it's not troves of people leaving. It's yeah. <laughs> everyone on my block on the hospital grid, for one, which is more desired rentals and and homeowners, that the property should be bought and sold quickly because it's on the power grid, right? It never goes dark is running for their lives just escaping and I, yeah. could, I couldn't believe it when i started seeing u-hauls over the last three months i think we've got half the homes empty on our our wow. uh, road it's either posted or resold people moving in moving out but we have right. troves of people walking down the street every day it's
1: yeah when when we were moving uh we booked the u-haul about a month before and then the the rep was like that's a good good idea to do this because we're literally sold out of U-Hauls, and you have to book like a month in advance to to have one. Because yeah. everyone's everyone's leaving California, and the U-Haul stay out of California, so they gotta they don't have don't that many that. coming back. Which, yeah. Uh, they,
0: yeah, I think we got so. a twenty six footer that I pick up on the second, and uh, we have a, a moving company that's gonna move most of our stuff on the first. Nice. So we're gonna drive one car down. Uh, I still haven't gotten a company to take my Tesla because my wife doesn't want to drive it there. So now i got to get somebody to drive my Tesla out because I'll have to drive the U-Haul. So it's going to be fun. (laughs) Um, But I'm going to do something different with the store in uh, Oklahoma. It's going to be more of a, I'll do repairs. I do 3D printing, modeling. And uh, I don't know if you've seen, I've got a home goods business where I do rug tufting, slime, a little bit of everything. Anything home goods based. Oh, okay. Nice. <laughs> I, I don't know. Just newer stuff with the kids I pick up. Yeah. So it's, it's one of those things that the home goods business is good. You know, those damn rug tufting is a weirdly satisfying job. You know, it's, it's just making stuff with your hands. It's nice. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I was going to say, I, I appreciate you coming on, man. Uh, anything you want to say to the viewers? I'll post it in the group.
1: Yeah. I mean, if you're looking at solder, you know, there's lots of free information on there. That's how I learned, you know, YouTube videos, Facebook groups, you know, don't be afraid. I see a lot of people who would rather message me directly than post a question publicly. Cause I they think they're just scared or ashamed. People are going to mock them. You know, them, I've been don't be afraid. Those people. <laughs> <Man>. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I would say, you know, if you're really interested in learning how to solder, super profitable. And it's, you know, there's a lot of demand for it. I mean, I can't keep up. That means there's not enough people out there doing it. So, um, you know, take the leap of faith, buy the pools, put on a credit card and pay it off as soon as possible with the, <laughs> with the repairs you're doing. So.
0: And most shop owners have financing that you can buy it from us. Just saying. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Acoma will finance anything and order it for you. Uh, what's the, the class that you're doing with Ben right now?
1: Yeah. So we have a, it's a 90 day online mentorship program. So it's not just soldering training, but it's also how to implement soldering into your business and have it be profitable. You know, we, we basically teach you like not to spend 12 hours on a rabbit hole device. You know, there's a lot of bad habits that a lot of techs uh, take on, you know, the more of the tech side and business side. So we do kind of, Try to enforce that uh, mindset, you know, to to be to consider the business part and the profitable part. So we we train you with you know soldering, uh, you know how to price things, how to uh, set up a nice workflow so you're not you're you're you know efficient with your time. So like er- you know everything so that if you take our program at the other side, you're actually you know profitable and happy and you know stuff like that.
0: That's great, man. And that's a uh, Pro Fixer, right? The course? Yeah,
1: it's a Pro Fixer uh, repair shop accelerator program.
0: Well, I, I appreciate you coming on, Jesse. It's been great. For anyone who uh, doesn't know, hit the like, hit the subscribe, share, please. Uh, we appreciate it. And then we'll see you next time.